All right, guys, so it's a classic dynamic. Good girl meets bad boy. We've literally seen it time and time again. We saw it with J-Lo and Diddy. We saw it with Beyonce and Jay-Z. And before that, we even saw it with um, Sandy and Danny in Greece. You know, in fact, there's actually a poem about this. And this wise poet, I don't know if it was Maya Angelou. To be honest, I'm not sure. But what they said was, if your status ain't hood, I ain't checking for him. Better be street if he looking at me. Oof, I get chills just thinking about it. Oh, so that's what we're talking about today, guys. A good girl gone bad and gone dead because shit really did not turn out well for her. Today's story is about a 1930s beauty queen who became a Hollywood starlet and how she found herself in a web of glamour and dangerous men. She would eventually be found dead in the front seat of a Lincoln convertible in a garage that belonged to her lover. Now, the suspicious circumstances surrounding her death, they would make her story one of Hollywood's biggest murder mysteries. Today, we're talking about the questionable-ass death of actress Thelma Todd. Right, guys welcome back to the show i'm so excited that you're still here you're still listening to me y'all y'all still like me um thank you all for tuning in and for telling friends um it's been really exciting on this journey of true crime with you guys so today i have a story for you and we're going to be talking about thelma todd um thelma was eventually nicknamed hot toddy because <laughs> the toddy was hot child she was a little bit of a thought toddy and i love her for it i'm not here to shame her but we're going to get to how she got that nickname name in a second. Thelma was a big deal for her time, but unfortunately she's not really a big household name today. I mean, at least not in my black ass household, she was not a big name, but in her prime, she was a big deal. She actually starred in 120 feature films and shorts between 1926 and 1935. Now to put this in some context, Susan Sarandon has been in 163 films throughout her entire career. Uh, and if we back it up to some people or, you know, that came a little bit after Thelma, who, who you might recognize, Marilyn Monroe was in 46 films and Audrey Hepburn was in 33 throughout, you know, their entire careers. So basically, Thelma was booked and motherfucking busy and she should be a household name, but it's not really, uh, her legacy is less about her movies and more about her murder. Thelma was born on July 29th of 1906, so she is a Leo. She's not Team Gemini. Sorry about it. Um, so basically, Thelma was born to be a bad bitch. It, she was born blonde and white and pretty in a time where this was literally, well, I mean, it still is, but it was a really good thing back in the 1920s. So what she did is she started modeling. She was like, maybe I am a bad bitch. So as a teenager, she started modeling in the 1920s, and she actually started joining uh, beauty pageants. And she actually won the title of Miss Massachusetts. I fucking hate that word. Miss Massachusetts. Yes, in 1925. Now, her winning this, you know, pageant caused her to get on the radar and she was noticed by a Hollywood talent scout. So she gets offered a slot at Paramount Pictures Actors Training School in New York. So here they tried to refine actors. They taught them, you know, acting, obviously, uh, diction, manners, poise, probably a whole bunch of other toxic shit. So after she finishes this program, 
she's just out here like, I need to, I need some work. So in 1929, uh, she actually found work at Hal Roach Studios. Now, I want to take a second to talk about this work that she had. Mm. So obviously she had to sign a contract, right? That's what you do. Well, one of her early contracts, get this shit, it had a fucking clause that stated what her weight was at the time of signing, 122 pounds, and it stated that if she gained more than three or lost more than six pounds from that mark, the contract would be fucking terminated. So you have Thelma who was just like, I am not sure about this. I don't know if I want to do it. And her mom got on some fucking Kris Jenner shit and was like, bitch, you better sign it. You're doing great, sweetie. Just sign it. So obviously she signed it. And, you know, while she's in this, you know, working for Hal Roach Studios, she said that there were two things that she loved, eating and drinking alcohol, like getting fucked up. And she said both of those things made her fat. So she was stressed out and didn't want to breach her fucking toxic ass contract. So she went down the slippery slope of using diet pills and became addicted to them. Now, you know, there was like not much regulation or like a lot of knowledge around um, the, the fact that you could form addictions to uh, diet pills or what they do to you in the long run. All right, so we have Thelma. She's at Hal Roach Studios. And around this time, this is when silent movies were like the shit. They were the norm, um, which I really just, I can't imagine. But this is also right around the time when something called talkies were invented, aka movies with fucking sounds and voices. Now, here's something that's really fucking crazy. A lot of the actresses who were like the bad bitches of silent films, they didn't find success in the talkies because when people heard their fucking voices, they hated their voice. Like they were like, bitch, I thought that you sounded like, I don't know, fucking Selma Hayek, but you really sound like Fran Drescher. So they were not having it. So there was this big issue of you know converting these silent um, silent film actresses into the, the talkie films. Uh, but the one person who didn't have that issue... Thelma Todd. So she actually had a great voice. She was the total package. So people really loved her. She was a rare exception. And this is when her producer, Hal Roach, started putting her in films with like big comedy stars at the time. And this is when her career pops the fuck off. So by 1931, she was in her own series of like slapstick comedy shorts. Now, I just want to clarify what slapstick comedy is. Now, it's like a physical type of humor. It's like exaggerated, cartoonish, uh, physical humor. Um, during the silent era, this was really popularized by Charlie Chaplin. You've heard of him. Um, some would say that Robin Williams is the best example of modern day slapstick. So we got our girl Thelma. She's got her own show. She is doing it and doing it and doing it well. She's getting loaned out to other studios for various films, both comedies and dramas. And she is just really thriving. And this is when she started in a movie directed by Roland West, who was a really big deal director. And he had several hits at the time. And this is when things start to get interesting. So Hot Toddy she was kind of a party girl. While she was on set, she kind of developed a reputation of just being like that girl. You know, she was kind of a party girl. And she would flirt with a lot of people. And so she starts flirting with Roland West. And her and the director, they kind of have this like bling. Now, mind you, the director's fucking married. By the way, side note. Roland's wife's name is Jewel Carmen, and she was actually a big silent film actress herself. She appeared in over 30 films. She was in Frank Lloyd's A Tale of Two Cities in 1917. Like, she had her own thing going on, which is wild. And they ended up actually getting a divorce after 
Thelma's death. But anyways, back to the story. And Bejeweled is, like, about that life. Like, she understands, like, my man is going to go out and do what he does, so it is what it is. So it was, like, scandalous, but it was also, like, it is what it is. So homegirl Thelma is doing her movies. She is partying. She's having a good time. And this is when she meets a very interesting guy. His name is Pat DeCicio. I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but he's a piece of shit, so it is what it is. He's a movie producer, but he has a lot of ties to the mob, so he be chilling with all these mob guys. So she's like, Roland, you know, you chill with your wife if you want to. Like, I'm me and Project Pat, like, it's all about Pat. So her and Pat hit it off in 1932, and they immediately elope together. And she's got this kind of exciting life now where she's got this guy who, you know, is in with the mob, you know, all these shady characters would like come over, you know, the house. And she kind of got like, (laughs) got to know some of these big mobsters at the time. The problem is, as soon as they got married, Pat started showing his real side. And this is when shit really started to get real for her because she thought like, okay, he's kind of crazy. He's kind of got this bad boy side, but he was also started beating the shit out of her immediately. So by 1934, they were divorced. So two years total um, from start to finish. Before we move forward, I kind of want to give you guys kind of a fun fact. It's not even a fun fact. It's not a fun at all, but just to give you some insight into this guy, Pat, Project Pat over here. So I decided to Google some shit about Pat, and I found out he divorced, you know, with Thelma in 1934. In 1941, he married Gloria Vanderbilt, who was only 17. He called her fatso, and he, like, beat the shit out of her all the time. She said he would take her head and bang it against the wall. She's like, I have black eyes. They divorced in 1945. What's even, the plot just keeps getting thicker. Because I didn't know who Gloria Vanderbilt is. I knew the name. Apparently, she was an heiress. Her granddad was, like, a fucking tycoon. So, of course, you know, Pat was trying to get in on her money, but then they divorced. He didn't get shit. But she goes on, she gets married three more times, this lady Gloria Vanderbilt. The only reason this is relevant is because her son is Anderson Cooper. I was like, what? Did not know that. Her son is Anderson fucking Cooper. Anyways, we're going to move back to Thelma. She leaves Project Pat because he is a fucking mess and we just can't deal. All right, so you have Thelma and she's just gotten out of this abusive relationship with this crazy man who beat her up so bad she ended up in the hospital a few times and she's like, you know what? I'm on my Mary J. Blige. I'm on my... Uh, you know, eat, pray, love, I am going to turn a new leaf. So she says, you know, I want to do something besides just acting to make sure I can secure an income for myself. So she reaches out to her, you know, ex-fling, whatever situation, Roland West, the director who's married. She reaches out to him and his wife. And what she says is, you know, I want to start a restaurant. He's just like, brilliant idea. We'll help finance it for you. So He and her, they secure this property, and it is, you know, this beachside cafe that they open along the Pacific Coast Highway, and it had multiple levels to it, so different floors. So the ground floor was her restaurant, Thelma Todd's Sidewalk Cafe. The second floor is where um, Roland West and Thelma lived, and they had these adjoining Ocean View apartments, and I guess they had like a sliding wood door separating their bedrooms, allegedly, Uh, and they had parties in a private nightclub on the same floor that was called Joya's, which was named uh, for Roland West's wife at the time, Jewel Carmen, and the third floor had like a dance floor and a bandstand, and that's where like a lot of celebrities would go in, like Kiki, and like turn up, and twerk and shit, so it was lit, it was lit. So he and her had an apartment up there. His wife knows about it because they have their houses nearby, 
behind this property is where they have like these stairs that go up to this garage that connects to their house. So it's all one big kind of like compound, but the cafe is on the front. So the cafe was actually lit once they opened it. Um, people loved it. It was very successful. You had a lot of celebrities that would pop in there. You kind of had like your underworld people. So kind of like there were some mobsters in there because we find out that um, Roland also had connections and ties to the mafia, which I think everybody did at this time. So the mob is in and out of there a little bit. You know, celebrities are in there. Fans would come in because they're like, oh my God, I want to meet, you know, Thelma Todd or like see the people from the movies hanging out. So they have this place. And what's interesting is her ex, Pat. Pat was obviously in with some not great people. And one of Pat's friends was Lucky Luciano. He was a mobster. He was very famous. So Lucky is like, yo, this is a story about a girl named Lucky. Let's talk because you have this space and I would love to open up. Uh, and it's kind of like a legal gambling casino place on one of the floors of this building. And Thelma's like, nah, fuck that. I think Roland was kind of on board because he's shady, but Thelma was like, no. So Thelma went out to lunch with, you know, Lucky. And Lucky, every time I hear Lucky, I think of Britney Spears. I just can't. She goes out with Lucky, and Lucky, you know, is like, pitches the shit to her again. And she's like, literally, no, over my dead body. And apparently there were witnesses to them arguing, and he said at the end, well, that can be arranged, like, over you and your dead body. Not cute. So there's some tension there. There's also some tension because at some point, there were some issues with the restaurant, and Roland didn't feel like Thelma was as involved as she needed to be, and Roland's wife was kind of getting pissed because she's like, bitch, like, we financed this shit, like, you need to be more involved. And mind you, Thelma's, like, 29, and she's kind of a party girl. So there's a lot, a lot of tension. So they have this restaurant... And this is what leads us to our inciting event. Okay, mind you, I'm on a website called thevintagewomanmagazine.com, and I'm reading an article by Ula Ross at this point, just because I wanted to have a really thorough guide as we move through this night of Saturday, December 14th, which is the night before Thelma died. So apparently Thelma and Roland, they had been fighting, and she decided to go to this party that was at this club called Cafe Trocadero. So she's like, fuck you and the click you claim, bitch. I'm going to go do what I want tonight. She's like, because it's my night, no stress, no fights. Literally, she pulled her Mariah Carey. She's like, I'm going out. And they were actually honoring her at this party. So she goes... And I guess um, Roland was like, well, bitch, if you're going to go out, you better be in the house by 2 a.m. He's like, don't be late. And she's just like, I do what I want. So she goes to the party. She's on her Mariah Carey. And she looks across the room in Mariah Carey fashion. And she sees Pat is there with his new girlfriend. And Pat, she was like, I know good and damn well my raggedy ex did not just show up to this party with a new bitch embarrassing me. It's my night. No stress, no fights. I'm sorry, I can't not quote Mariah when I say it's my night. Anyways, she's pissed. She gets drunk, and she goes off on Pat. So her and Pat are, like, arguing at this party. Everyone sees it, like, girl, this is so, ooh, ooh child, the ghetto. Y'all are ratchet. And then they end their fight, and then she's talking to her homegirl, Ida, and she's like, you know what, fuck him. She's like, I'm already seeing this older, rich businessman. And Ida's like, who? And she's like, you know, don't worry about it. Like, you ask too many questions about my sneaky link, girl. Just know that I'm good and I don't need him. So she was supposed to be home at 2. She didn't leave the party till 3. And like I said, old Roland had been like, bitch, you got a curfew. 
So what she did is she went up to this guy, Sid Groman, who I guess had a good relationship with Roland. I don't know if he was an actor. I think he might have been. And she's like, yo, it's 1 a.m. I'm not going to get home at 2. Can you call Roland and kind of like talk him down so it's not so crazy and I can get off, get home late? So I guess the guy made a call, but I don't think it helped because she leaves at 3. And the last person to see her alive, allegedly, was her driver who dropped her off after the party. Now, she wasn't allowed to drive because she had been in, like, a lot of car accidents, apparently. So the chauffeur took her home, and usually she was, like, super chill. But this night, according to an article that I read from the New York Times that was published on December 18th, 1935, Ernest Peters, who was the chauffeur, he said that he drove her home and she ordered him to drive at breakneck speed, fearing she might be kidnapped or slain by gangsters which is super suspect. And when he pulled up at the house, usually he'd walk her up to the door of her apartment, you know, above the, the cafe. But she asked him not to. She's like, don't come up. Now, some people speculate that the reason she did this is because she knew Roland was going to like show out on her or beat her or curse her out or whatever. And she didn't want the driver to see that. We're not really sure. Now, that was allegedly the last time anyone saw her alive before she was found in Roland's garage, dead in her convertible top, Lincoln. So on Monday morning at 10.30 a.m., her maid that would come and like start her car up for her finds her body slumped over uh, the wheel of this car um, in Roland's garage, which is where she kept her car. Now, here's where the plot really thickens. When they find her body, she was wearing the same dress that she wore to that party two nights before. So the first thing people assumed is that it was an accident. And this was actually kind of declared her official cause of death. The reason they're saying that she was in the garage is because when they talked to Roland, Roland said that he had locked the door to the apartment and she couldn't get in. And everyone's like, well, the bitch had keys. Like, this doesn't make sense. But he says he dead bolted it. He said he didn't hear anything. He's like, I didn't hear shit. Um, I have no idea like how this happened. You know what happened to her? We, I was in the apartment the whole time. So they're saying it was a cold December night and she couldn't get into her apartment because her crazy boyfriend, whatever he is, has deadbolt to the door. So she walks back to the back of the compound to get into the garage so she can sit in her convertible top car and turn the heat on and warm up in the garage. That is the official story that she went up there to do that, and then she got carbon monoxide poisoning, which was allegedly the official cause of death. So everyone's like, you know, she died this way. Either it was suicide or it was an accident. She was trying to keep warm. No foul play. Now, the reason this shit doesn't add up is because when they looked at her body, there was actually blood on her, and her nose was broken, and she had two broken ribs. And I'm sorry. At first, they were like, well, she slumped over and hit the steering wheel, and that's what happened to her nose. And that's where the blood came from. Skirt, I don't believe that. How do you also get broken ribs? Which made no sense. Also, they found food in her system, peas and carrots, that were not served at the party. And the coroner said that because they hadn't been digested yet, it meant that she had just eaten them. So it's like... If you're telling me that she's been dead for two days, you know, for leaving the party, how is there food in her system that they found that's not digested yet? What doesn't add up is that there were people that claimed that they saw her the morning after the party. 
some lady was like, one of her friends was like, I got a call from her. She called me. She explained all the the tea on the on the night before. But according to her autopsy, she should have already been dead. Now, of course, they were quick to say her death death was a suicide. And even people that were close to her was like, there's no fucking way. She literally just started a new movie. Her, the trunk of her car had all these Christmas presents she'd bought. There was no suicide note. Like, the gifts weren't even wrapped. Like, they were just purchased and in the car. There was no suicide note. And what's really fucked up, and you can Google this, I accidentally saw this, the paparazzi were allowed to come in and get shots of her dead body, dead body to go in magazines and newspapers. Like, I was Googling her and literally saw pictures of her dead body. So then there were conspiracies about who they think did it. So people, obviously, they said... We saw her fighting with her ex-Pat. We think it was him. It was probably that guy, Lucky Luciano, um, because, you know, she told him, hey, like, I'm not working with you. We're not putting a casino in this uh, restaurant. And, you know, they argued. There's also rumors that her and Lucky used to, like, fuck or whatever or date. So Thelma was in with these bad boys. Also, another, um, you know, suspect is Jewel Carmen, who is Roland West's wife. They think she might have gotten jealous and killed her. But it's like, she was good with their arrangement. I really don't think that she killed her. There was no evidence to support that. What's even crazier is that when Roland West died years later, on his deathbed, he admitted it to being involved with her death. But the version that he gave them, like, it was super inconsistent. It was all over the place. So everyone just dismissed it and said, you know what? We're leaving it where we're leaving it. There's also a lot of evidence showing that police really, this was more than, more or less a cover-up. So they didn't do any further investigation to why her nose was broken and her ribs were broken. They didn't do any further investigation about the food that was in her system or the blood that was all over the car. And what they were saying is that there were so many mobster ties with the entertainment industry and with the corrupt LAPD at the time. Like the police department was super corrupt and they were really in cahoots with all these mobsters. Everyone was making so much money through the entertainment industry and through Hollywood that they didn't want the scandal of murder of an actress. So... We'll never really know what happened to her. I don't I don't buy it that this was an accident. And I think that she was just maybe caught up with the wrong crowd. And she had all these crazy dangerous men in her life. Either way, we'll never know. But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to this uh, kind of a mysterious story about Thelma Todd. Uh, you can Google her and kind of see what she looks like. And I'll obviously post it on the Instagram account that we've got together. Um, you know, what's it called? Um, Bitch I Can't pod so be sure to follow us there tell a friend subscribe like i said i'm very excited for next week's episode uh where we do a dive into uh just reviewing the cases that we've already covered and kind of i get to tell you guys my true opinion on a lot of this shit and you know not just focus on these google facts so guys thank you again for tuning in and we will talk soon have a good one bye